Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs Construction actually came to my school. And business leaders. I think it's always also really important to be able to see a path forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us. I'm Amanda Marlowe. We are here today in Portland, Connecticut at the Burdon Group, and we are really happy to be joined all the way from Australia with Burdon Group CEO Jamie Bruce and then also Burdon America President Robert Scott. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having us. And it's pretty unique to have you guys both here um, in Connecticut today, but I'd like to kind of start off with a little bit about Burdon and how you started. Um, Burton started, a, it, we're a family business still today, but um, my father started the business um, in, uh, in 1978 uh, with, a, with a single dredge uh, in a place called Port Macquarie, uh, located on the, uh, the Hastings River, um, about four hours north of Sydney. Um, and uh, as I say, still a family owned business and um, quite a diversified uh, uh, business today, but um, uh, all things maritime. Um, so. Uh, sadly, uh, my father passed away in 2008. Um, my sister Tammy came and joined me in the business at that stage. Uh, Tammy's uh, group CFO. Um, and uh, today we, uh, we operate across a range of sectors. Um, defense, uh, military um, contracting is a big part of what we do. Uh, we still uh, undertake dredging works, which is how the business started. Um, another real niche for us is, uh, is disposal and recycling, um, particularly of defence assets. Um, so as I say, quite a, a, uh, a broad range of, of activities today, but uh, still all things maritime. And I'm sure, you know, especially with your father's passing, it's so important for you and your sister to keep things up and running how it was. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not not uh, not not just for us, of course, but um, you know we're supported by a great team of people in the business. Um, in uh, in December last year, um, uh, we had a guy retire that um, and worked with us for uh, for forty two years. Um, started uh, worked with no other business, um, so started with Dad day one, um, and um, so that's really important that you know um, we continue to grow the business and and provide opportunities for all the great people that work for us. And roughly how many people work across, I know you have many locations. Yeah, so we're close to 600 people now. Um, and then um, um, with the type of works that we do, we subcontract a lot of work as well. So, um, um, you know, you could easily double that in terms of the people that, uh, you know, are employed by the business. Okay. And so you started in Australia and then expansion began. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough to um, to build uh, what what uh, the Army called bridge erection boats for the Australian Army, um, and then in 2010 the US um, were looking to replace theirs. So that's what brought us to the US originally was was um, the bridge erection boat program. Uh, we went through a competitive prototype phase in 2010 to 12, and then we were awarded our first uh, production contract in 2014. Um, Head office for us in the US is in Denver, Colorado, um, which is where we're producing the bridge erection boats um, and a, a few other products there as well today. Um, and uh, I think just prior to Christmas, we um, we delivered our 400th bridge erection boat for the, yeah. um, the US Army. Um, so quite a milestone. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we've gone on to win other uh, contracts. Whilst, as I mentioned, quite diversified in Australia, our, our focus in the US is, is military um, uh, um, contracting um, across Army, 
Coast Guard today and, and now US Navy as well. And what brought you here to Connecticut? Um, I, uh, things opened up uh, post-COVID uh, in, in, in uh, November 21. And so that was my first visit back to the US uh, after a couple of years of lockdown uh, in Australia. And uh, the team here in the US had narrowed down um, six facilities on the East Coast um, to support our uh, motor lifeboat program for the US Coast Guard. And so uh, we went and visited uh, all six of those facilities on the, on the East Coast. And um, uh, we actually visited this facility first. And um, so, you know, um, I, I think it sort of set the benchmark for, you know. Um, love at first sight. <laughs> love at first sight, exactly. And, uh, and uh, so um, we looked at the other six facilities, but uh, what we really liked about uh, the site here in Portland was um, uh, the opportunities we could see with the site. Um, uh, and already the team um, has done a great job um, um, getting the facility to where it is now. Uh, we're about to make a, uh, a significant investment in a new manufacturing facility um, to support the existing Coast Guard, um, Coast Guard uh, program. Um, but then given the size of the site, you know, we see a lot more opportunity beyond that, um, you know, particularly over the next decade or so. The other thing that we really liked about it is that um, there was a good existing uh, business base um, supporting the recreational uh, maritime industry here. Um, the site's been here for, you know, uh, a long time and there's a lot of people utilise and rely on the site. So uh, that was attractive to us. It was an existing business here. Um, and then, uh, as we work through the sort of due diligence phase, um, you know, and Rob can probably talk more to this, but we got to meet, um, a, a lot of the, the city and, and, and state people have been very supportive in, in, in what we do. Um, here, I think the first person that, that I met on the site, second visit was, um, Ryan Curley, um, local first selectman and, and then uh, Senator Norm Needleman turned up here on a Saturday to greet us. And uh, so it reminded me a lot of Port Macquarie, where I'm from in, in, uh, in Australia, um, similar size uh, community, um, but, you know, everyone very supportive of, uh, of what we're doing. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it was really an easy decision for us in the end. Awesome. And we're going to dive, you know, into some of those expansion plans um, and workforce. But Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got involved with Bird On and then we'll kind of connect the stories. <laughs> uh, yeah. So two years ago this month, I get a phone call uh, from a very tenacious person <laughs> that worked for Jamie. Uh, I was with a different company at that time. And then over a year, this is at the height of COVID. So over a year, we worked our way through getting to know each other and ultimately two, two reasons. Number one, uh, the people that are really a reflection of Jamie and Tammy as the owners of the company. And, you know, most people would have told you don't work for a company that, uh, one's the brother's the CEO and the sister's the CFO, <laughs> but we, it works really well. And, uh, it was an opportunity to be a part of something, uh, that's trying to, uh, to cement itself. Uh, at the at the next level, and then the second place was the values of the company. Uh, two of the key values, uh, three key values for the company are uh, family culture, uh, work work smarter, faster, um, and deliver to the customer. And so those three things really aligned with my value set. So I joined them in November of uh, 2022, um, 2021, November 2021, right at the first time that. Jamie had been able to travel. So we met each other at LaGuardia Airport and 
jumped in a car, didn't know each other from Adam outside of uh, Zoom calls. Zooms, yeah. 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 And then uh, we, we drove up and down the Connecticut River and down to Maryland as we were looking for a site. And his comment to me at the end of the week when he was going back is, you, you need to make Portland happen. And I said, Portland, Oregon? He said, no, <laughs> Portland, Connecticut. So here we are. Working to help really develop this community. And I mean, you guys have already done so much with the marina and this area. Can you tell me a little bit about the work that you've done here in just a short period of time? Yes. Uh, you, you know, the first thing was to understand what we what we had bought into. And so you do all the due diligence, but there's always surprises. And I think this is another uh, construct of the company is we, we understand that there's going to be surprises. So you identify them, you report them, you don't shoot the messenger, you work through the issues, uh, make it, make sure people understand by when you need a decision, uh, or what that impact will be. And we got here, uh, closed in May and we started, uh, first piece was understanding the Marina and working through that. And then understanding what boats, and we're going to come out of the water uh, looking to modernize the the equipment that we use to take the boats out of the water and provide better services in the marina. Because the, the task that Jamie gave us in that space was to be a part of the community. We wanted to be a community marina that supported the local region without changing the fabric of Portland. That was the first key thing. And then the second part was for the Coast Guard, which you got to deliver to your customer, only as good as your last contract. And we were able to, in those three months, get ready to receive the first boat. So first boat arrived here in August. We inducted it in September. And in that time, we've received three boats from the Coast Guard. And at any one time this year, we'll have six boats, uh, six motor lifeboats being worked on. And next year, we'll have uh, 12. So that, that's really the, the focus of, of what we've done is understanding what we had and then what changes we needed to make to meet, to meet the requirement of the customer. If you can just kind of describe for people who um, are listening where we are right now, kind of what's behind us and how many people are working in, in this building. Uh, we're in the existing manufacturing building that, uh, that came with the property and what you have behind you are two 47-foot motor lifeboats that are undergoing a surface life extension program, uh, which simply means you take everything out and then you put uh, about 85% new components and we reuse about 15% of what came in with the boat. We do that over approximately six months. And what you'll see here in April is the first one of these will go back into the Connecticut River and we'll start the uh, pier side trials. And then a couple of weeks later, we'll start doing operating trials on the river, working our way down to um, Seabrook and out into the ocean. And that's what, you, that's what you see here. And so at any one time, you'll have 10 to 12 people working on each of those boats. I noticed, you know, you're talking about maintaining happiness within the Portland community you know, really modernizing the whole area. I noticed on the way in, there was, you know, a little sign about slips available you know, for boaters in the summer. You don't always see that when a big company comes in and, and takes over a space. Why is that so critical to, you know, developing here? 
Yeah, look, as, as I mentioned before, you know, that we come from a small community uh, in Australia and, and, and uh, part of what has got us to, to where we are is the support that we receive out of the community. So it was really important to us and, and, and as Rob just mentioned, the, the message to the team is that um, there's a really good existing, you know, business here. Um, there's a lot of people that rely on the, on the business. So whilst we've got some great plans for the facility and some of that, you know, involves, you know, uh, further uh, military contracting work, um, uh, you know, we can't forget about, you know, where the site started, um, and, and what it is and what, what, what makes up the fabric of it. So, um, we've got a, uh, a, um, I just worked through prior to Christmas with the team, a, a CapEx plan here for the site, um, to really modernize it, as you say. Um, so separate to what we're doing on the Coast Guard side of things, the marina slips, uh, travel lifts, um, storage facilities, amenities. Um, we, uh, we've, we've got a plan to, to renew all of that and upgrade it. Um, and, uh, we like to invest in things for the long term. This isn't a, you know, short, you know, uh, 10 year outlook for us. It's longer than that. And that was what part of what it attracted us in the first place. It's a 31, you know, uh, acre site here. Um, so there's a lot that can be done with it over time. Um, you know, we're well aware of, um, you know, some of the, uh, the plans on the, the middle town side of the, um, the river and, 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 uh, renewal of the waterfront there. And so, um, you know, we can see what this site will look like, you know, in the next 10 and 20 years um, to support the local community. And we, we want to be part of that. And, you know, in talking about kind of long-term, obviously a lot of what you do here is going to be supported by the Coast Guard um, and contracts are pretty far out right now. Is that correct? Yeah, so, you know, we're in a fortunate position where, um, you know, our existing contracts are all in the range of 10 years. Um, um, uh, they're all government contracts, um, so you know, provides us some, some, some certainty of, of where we're heading. Um, but because of the great work that the team do uh, within Burden, um, you know, we're continually being approached by you know other government departments. Um, as Rob said, you know, it's important that you know you are only as good as your last contract. So you know, we're always careful not to bite off more than the, than we can chew and. It's important that we get things right and we do things properly, um, and that's what we're doing here. Um, but yeah, over the coming years, that you know, there'll be more and more work that we bring to um, this region. Um, and uh, what we've really enjoyed about um, the area uh, as well so far is is the availability of, of skilled people. Um, you know, we now operate uh, in four different locations in the U.S. Um, and um, you know, we we're not experiencing in some of the other areas. Um, the uh, the access and the availability of, of um, skilled staff like we are here, um, and uh, we're also looking at you know expanding uh, you know what we do here uh, into apprenticeship programs and other things as well. And you guys have a um, special program, or you guys are hiring a lot of veterans. Is that yes? It's right? a key focus for us um, to provide that opportunity, and so we've done. Uh, in the last year, we've hired 18 veterans into into Burdon, and we're in the process of implementing a Department of Labor apprenticeship program that's approved uh, specifically targeting veterans with adaptive construction solutions. Because we're a small outfit, we'll, we'll run it out of Denver, but we'll distribute the first cohort of 20 will be distributed between Denver, Bellingham, Washington, where our other facility is for the motor lifeboat contract, and Portland, Connecticut. The goal we then have is to 
expand it to the neighborhood is what I call it. So the key here is the veteran has to come in as an apprenticeship. Uh, as an apprentice, you have to have a job on the back end that that's available to them that they slot into. And then we minimize the use of their GI Bill, of their 9-11 GI Bill, so that they still have those benefits after it. And we think that if we produce the, the quality candidate, even if we don't have uh, the, the top line for them to come to work for us, working with Norm Needleman, with Ryan Curley, with Ann Evans's contacts in the, in the larger manufacturing sectors here in Connecticut, uh, Colorado and Washington state that in the next two years, we'd be able to place as many candidates as we can. And then when we're working at full strength in Louisiana, we'll, we'll have more opportunities for them. The other benefit is also about a third of those candidates that we get are usually suffering from some form of housing and security. So we're able to get them into more permanent situations. You know, I know you've mentioned um, Norm Needleman several times, very active CBIA member, um, and some of the other key players. How have um, how has this community kind of supported you, and what role do they play in you know your future here? Look, you're only as good as your team, and the and the at the Naval Academy, I learned a long time ago, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And in a business like this, as, as you know, uh, it takes your workforce, their families, it's your supply chain, it's your other manufacturing partners in that, uh, your community at the local, state and federal level that supports you and, and help you through the tough times, and then you give back as you can. So here coming to Connecticut automatically outside of uh, the town of Portland with Ryan Curley and the other select uh, people, Norm Needleman, uh, Governor Lamont and uh, DECD in Advanced Connecticut were critical in helping us get off the ground and navigate the, you know, the hurdles that you that you figure out when you buy 31 acres of land uh, and, and buildings to do it. And I think without them, we, we wouldn't be here. Uh, Congressman Larson, uh, Deloro, Courtney, uh, Senators Blumenthal and Murphy staff, uh, you know, Senator Blumenthal and the governor came to our opening in September. You, you don't get to where we are today, uh, without that, without that support. And, you know, they can't support you if you can't deliver is ultimately the piece. So we're very focused on delivering not only to the customer, but the local community on the types of jobs that, uh, are high pay and manufacturing jobs that the state of Connecticut needs every day to to grow its base uh, yeah and just add to that I, I think a couple of things from my perspective um as rob said you know when you purchase 31 acres there's always surprises you know no matter how good the due diligence is and and uh and so um you know we've had great assistance in in uh you know when we have found um uh, things that need addressing um how to navigate um and how to get things done and and um I think the new manufacturing facilities is a good example of, you know, um, you go to, into some communities and, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, bureaucracy can really slow things down. And um, although, you know, we respect the process that has to be followed um, here, you know, um, we're amazed at how quickly things get done and how quickly things happen. 
Um, and that comes from the support that we, we get from a you know wide range of people in the community. But that doesn't happen everywhere that you go. So, um, you know, to get that facility, you know, approved and starting construction, you know, in the next month or so uh, in, in record time. And that's what we need to be able to deliver our contracts. So it's been great support. And I know you touched on it a couple of times throughout this manufacturing facility. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and the plans for, for this? Yeah, so it's um, um, it's a site that in square feet, and I'm, I'm a meters man, but uh, it's twenty nine thousand square feet. Twenty nine thousand square feet, um, uh, which will be just adjacent to this facility here, um, and that'll allow us to move from low rate production at the moment uh, into uh, full rate production um, come next year. So, and as Rob's you know um, already mentioned, um, you know we'll maintain then full rate production, you know, in that facility. Um, it'll purpose-built facility, of course, um, specifically for the motor lifeboat program um, so that we get the uh, the most efficiency out of the, the program. Um, and uh, we'll be that then at full rate, um, you know, through for another six years or so um, once we start um, full rate. Does that come with like significantly adding on your workforce? Uh, yeah, and we're in the in the uh, the early stages of ramping up for that now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll invest, uh, I guess more upfront in the early stages um, uh, on the labour side of things than we probably need. Um, we do a lot of training in-house um, and uh, um, that'll position us so then when we are at full rate. Um, when we're at full rate here, you know, there's probably a, a workforce of um, uh, 60 or so just, you know, at the production level. Uh, and then you've got, you know, all the supporting um, team around that um, as well, which, you know, probably bumps it up towards 100 people um, when we're in full rate. I wanted to weigh in because I think uh, this is also a, a critical enabler to doing what we do. And Jamie and Tammy are really understated in this, but all of those things that we're talking about require upfront investment. And having uh, an ownership team that supports you in that, there's a due diligence process internally that we go through, but really it comes down to looking at it from different angles with the team. And Jamie and Tammy have supported us through that. We decided to put our offer in in February and we closed the first week of May. That's, it's unheard of, but I think it's, it, you can't move that fast uh, to meet customer expectations and, and the business requirements without an ownership team, which in our case is uh, Jamie and Tammy. So I wanted to make sure that that came across because it's, it's a critical differentiator for us. Yeah, and there's a lot of planning that's really going into that and, and thought planning about, you know, which each step's going to be and putting so much money into a facility like this has to take some, <laughs> this has to be a good project, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you've you, you got to have uh, faith in where you're heading for sure. So, yeah. Right. Well, we are, you know, so happy to have you here in Connecticut and look forward to more um you know workforce opportunities and just really expanding this area and modernizing it and just the drive-in is it's looking different than it did it's a lot different you, than know, it was, yeah, you know six months ago a year or two ago now you know from the like kind of state business level is there anything other business owners suppliers could be doing to support you yeah, look, already I, I know that the team here have held supplier day. So, you know, we've had a lot of businesses, um, you know, um, 
come and look at what we're doing and uh, and then and wanting to understand you know the type of things that we need support on so i think you know that's um mm-hmm. that's been well received and and um well supported um so far um yeah i, I if anyone is in the aluminum um electrical assembly space and they'd like to have a chat with us then i'd ask them to reach out to us they can reach out to myself or dennis hancock and we're happy to talk to them and then put them in touch with our engineering and supply chain for us it's also critical to expand our supply chain particularly after the last two and a half years and although we didn't talk a a bit about it there's a lot of work that we're doing in Australia as well. And we look to support each other and transfer knowledge between uh, the different elements of the Burdon group. And a part of that is diversifying our supply chain. And if you're in the manufacturing space, we're happy to have a conversation and look for opportunities that are meaningful to both parties. Yeah, I know with, with lead times these days, it's uh, nice to be able to just go down the street. <laughs> Absolutely, and we like to partner in a lot of things that we do. You can't do everything yourself, so you know, um, stick to what you're good at. And, and um, um, so, yeah, it's always good to establish um, you know, partnerships for the long term. Is there anything else that you think um, this greater community or businesses should know about you? Um, no, I, I, you know, only that, uh, as I say, we look at, you know, things for the long term. So, you know, this is a long term outlook for us, you know, uh, well beyond what we're doing here today, um, as Rob touched on. Um, and some may or may not be aware of, you know, um, things like the AUKUS opportunity, you know, which is technology sharing of, you know, defence technology between, between Australia and the US. And, you know, at, at the forefront of that is is submarines and, and um, that's a big part of the community here um, locally as well. So, um, um, yeah, as I say, we just we, we see a lot of opportunity, you know, um, well beyond what we're doing here today. So. Well, thank you guys so much. It was great to have you and really special to have you both here today. And thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future episode. And for a full list, head on over to cbia.com.